Welcome back to Jeremiah Wonders. Thank you so much for joining me back here today. We have a very special guest on the show today, my pal Big Jay Okerson. We'll be with him very momentarily. In the meantime, go over to jeremiahwatkins.com. Pick yourself up a saxophone hat or maybe a Watkins sax shirt. There's a bunch of stuff, Milkman, Darwin, Bison shirts, all kinds of stuff. Go check it out, jeremiahwatkins.com. Got some great merch up over there. It's a good way to support the show in the meantime. Or uh, uh, there, call me the Venmo King at jeremiah-watkins on Venmo. Uh, that's an easy way to support the show. If not, I appreciate you just being here. Leave a comment below. Smash that like button. That's super easy way to support the show as well. Uh, I want to do, before we get into uh, Big J, there's a segment that listeners really like that uh, I cover songs that you guys send in and I play them in front of a green screen. And this segment is called Unprotected Sax. This first suggestion comes from at cold underscore brew 45 on Twitter. They'd like me to play the Jurassic Park theme. I would love to play the Jurassic Park theme in front of some dinosaurs. Let's freaking do it. This next suggestion comes from at Agriculturix on Twitter, Epic Sax Guy. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but uh, there's a video that went viral years ago of this guy basically hip thrusting and playing the same kind of sax notes over and over. I love that video. Let's recreate that. Very excited to have Big Jay Okerson here on the program today. What's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, dude. It's been a been a been a little bit. Too long. Wow. Too long. Too long. I was. I think already that... two. I think I think already two LA trips and Skankfests. I would have seen you guys since I know. this uh, whole thing started. I know. I was looking forward to to Skankfest South before all this crap went down, as were a lot of people. But. Uh, you know the way Texas is opening up, it shouldn't be a problem uh, for the next next round that that's about to happen. Yeah, hopefully not. LA just said three more months, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I'm heard gonna, that, dude. I'm gonna end up doing comedy on the road before I can do comedy in LA. Like, absolutely. Which I mean, yeah, I'm I grateful so. for that. That's that that'll happen, but it's also kind of a bummer at the same time because. I'm going to be pretty rusty <laughs> the first couple oh, yeah. trips out. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like, eh, bear with me a little are you bit. Gonna travel, are you going to travel by plane? Will you travel by plane to ship? <sighs> I think so. I think I'm I'm at a point where I think around June, I'll probably give it the rest of this month. Uh, but I'm probably mid-June. I'll probably 
be comfortable with with flying again but we'll see i don't know it, it all yeah. it all depends on how i don't know how how, you're, how are you feeling about flying and stuff like that right now uh pretty terrified i just got a a thing that they're they're they are having a show in uh, a weekend in indianapolis at helium i'm trying to weigh that out because i'm like it's an 11 hour drive maybe that's the move you know what i mean just drive out yeah. there it's a lot of hours that is a, a lot, lot of hours. hours but yeah that's a lot but it might be that might be the right move though you know but i mean maybe Versus it'll like, be a good thing rather than feeling cooped up in the city be like ah i'm on this weird long drive you know yeah yeah might as well break shit up a little bit yeah because uh i don't know about you or not like i've got certain staples throughout the week that are like my my meters for each day but a, a lot of the days i forget which <laughs> which day it is oh yeah no me too dude for sure I have no idea. Yeah, everything runs into each other now. Yeah. So bizarre. Yeah. New York is so on top of each other, man. It's just such a weird setup. And well, that's the thing. I don't know like, how have it's going to open up again. Have you been doing uh, grocery deliveries? Have you been going out and getting your own, your own stuff? Or how's that been working in New York? Because it's so much tighter, obviously, than LA and a lot of other cities. Yeah, Christine, Christine like, will go to Trader Joe's mm -hmm. once every week or so and do that. And then we'll just do a little spot shopping at like, one of these corner places, but yeah, I'm trying to stay away from shit as much as possible. We left the city for two weeks and got like a, like a mountain house, which was kind of nice, nice just to be kind of in the middle of nowhere. And you can like step outside and not be afraid of everything. Yeah. Actually, but, like, um, but here, breathe in like fully. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even just that, just like, you know, go outside and then come inside and not have to like burn your hands off with uh, <laughs> soap and water, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's so like, uh, it's, it's always like, a, like your hands were raped. You're still dirty. Still <laughs> yeah, so you're, dirty. You're just like, oh, this is so rough. Oh. Also, the bum. Also, the bums of New York have gotten hostile and uh, aggressive now. Oh, really? They're and not dude, afraid and anymore. They, they were already pretty, you know, straight to the jugular before. Like anytime I yeah. visited New York, I'm like, oh man, these guys are direct. Yeah, now they know you. Now they know you would never touch them in a million years. So they just get aggressive as shit. Come on, man, just give me, just give me a dollar. Come on. <laughs> yeah, the bad, yeah, really. Give me what I want. You're like, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I had a guy. I, we had a guy walk by the other, uh, like a week ago or so, and I was like, oh, this guy's definitely like looking for trouble. He's coming down the street being like a lunatic. And uh, even when we got up, like he just as he walks by our building, he just like. This like kick launches one of our f fucking trash cans all over the street. He just Leonidas like, kicks. Just <laughs> I mean, yeah, straight Spartan kick, and to our garbage. And all you can do, is, hey man, you, <laughs> like, mm, yeah, yeah. Don't you be coming around this neighborhood again. Yeah, this is not the time where you would decide to mix up spit and blood with a guy to prove a point. Yeah, I uh, somebody's been uh, there's been a couple of people who have uh, parked in my parking spot in L.A., which it's that's a big deal because you don't you know, sure. the, the parking sucks out here. But I, I still have been handling it like as courteous as possible because all this stuff is going on. I'm like, hi, um, that's actually my spot. I pay for that. So <laughs> if you could move your car, like also while like not trying to get too close to people and stuff, it's really, it's really hard to like reprimand people when you're staying such at a, at, at a distance, you know? 
Yeah, it also makes me realize how much myself and other people like spit when they talk too. <laughs> oh God. Just every yeah, just not every, you're just dodging everything. Yeah, the word sorry, the word sorry, just sends a a shower of coronavirus sorry. particles. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize I was parking in your spot. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, what a bad what a bad season for lateral lisps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Springtime is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the flowers growing out here. I think my the pollen is in the atmosphere right now because I <laughs> I'm sensing something in my nasal canal. <laughs> yeah, get back to Africa, you murder hornet. <laughs> Dude, uh, those are pretty terrifying. I just saw I murder seen, hornets. Yeah, I saw one kill a freaking mouse or something like that, or like a rat. Yeah, I'd say bring on two million murder hornets and get rid of coronavirus before <laughs> if I could switch them out. <laughs> You're like, I will play a game of Jumanji over this coronavirus thing. Uh, yeah, I'd rather walk around in a beekeeper's outfit outside and uh, still be able to do everything else when you're inside. Oh, dude, beekeeper suits in comedy clubs? Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. You got to unzip the thing. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. What's going on? Anybody one been gets in your stung suit? lately? <laughs> yeah. And then one gets in your suit. Like, one's in me. One's in here. Son okay. of a bitch, it's in here. All right. All right. <laughs> How do we get rid of this thing? When I did uh, Burt Kreischer's new show on Netflix, one of the things we did was beekeeping. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put on these, you know, the beekeeper outfits, which are pretty like full coverage and i mean for a split second bert jokingly lifted his like the waistline of his beekeeper suit for like i mean a split second and got nailed oh like, I bet. immediately oh yeah of you course say, it's, it's, they're looking for those a, ends <laughs> i don't understand who who runs towards that job beekeeping it was just the sound alone as we got near them was it was like a deafening, like, hum. yeah. Yeah. It's just overwhelming no matter what, and they're surrounding you, and you're like, this, can we please go? It's funny to see, like, grown large men, as uh, all of us were, being like, could we go sit back down? Can I move my arm? Is it okay to move my arm? Yeah, yeah. you're acting, asking the professionals, like, is everything uh, okay here? Yeah, and by the way, beekeepers are so, they're like the... You know, seeing people that deal with like reptiles and stuff, like yeah, what's the big? Just grab an alligator by the snout and toss it back in the water. <laughs> like they just don't give a shit at all. Dude, my dad used to. Uh, we'd have like bees on like picnic tables or whatever. Like uh, when when we'd go to parks as as a kid, and he would kill bees with the palm of his hand. He would just like use it as a as a fly swatter, and he'd just go yeah, <laughs> and like he'd Jesus. kill him all the time. And I'd just look at my dad like in fear, like I can't believe this man is doing this. This is wild. That's Kansas City tough. He's probably punched an ox before and all kinds of crazy Dude, rural shit. No, no joke. <laughs> he has stomped out a, a snake before. <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was a snake that was gonna come towards me and uh like my mom my brother and sister and my dad had cowboy boots on and he goes up to the snake he squares off with this snake and stomps it to death 
Dude, that's a masculinity I'll never understand. Dude, I'll never get there. I just looked at my dad. I'm like, are we even the same from the same family tree? This is crazy. <laughs> does your dad have a, a lot of, like my dad does for to a degree, and I'm, I'm sure beyond that it gets worse and worse, but like, do, do you, does your dad have a lot of masculine qualities that you don't have? Like my dad's got, like, I wouldn't know. If somebody was like change spark plugs on a car, (laughs) (laughs) chest hair, chest hair. Um, Yeah, but I mean more like uh, like 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 I couldn't change brakes on a car. I couldn't change uh, my own oil or anything. I I wouldn't even know where to begin on any of those things. If something like is something like a cabinet broke in my house, it's not that I couldn't screw things back on, but it would never be good. Yeah, you know what I mean. uh, Like it would never be a good job. I'm like an Ikea version of a man, uh, but I'm yeah. not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can be assembled, like, maybe, but it's probably going to be, like, a makeshift kind of job. But my dad, like, sure. total, like he would try to teach me as a kid to to pay attention. Like, I would hold the light for him as he'd work on cars. Cause he'd, like, he would swap out cars and sell yeah. them when I was a kid. And uh, I, was just a- I was just ADD, and I was just, like, spacing off and imagination land and stuff like that. And I wish I would I had the knowledge if I would have paid attention on cars because I know nothing about cars. But yeah, my dad, total man. He uh he was working once uh like uh, on his workbench and uh his saw uh his serrated saw took off and uh it it cut off his thumb. So he he has like just like half of a thumb for one of his hands, and that's just like you know, obviously, if you meet anybody like that, that's a very specific person that, <laughs> that you're meeting. <laughs> we have masculinity in different ways. How many times have you had to perform in front of an all-black crowd in, like, Watts or something in comedy? I remember <laughs> – I don't know if my dad would go perform at some of the shows I've performed at. Those seem like dangerous situations. Yeah. That's well, all, yeah. where all my masculinity lies there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as, as that goes, that was, like, a big part of your development, like, in comedy, right? Is, like, you kind of start off as, yeah. like – the white guy in the in the urban rooms yeah yeah me it's so weird that the people like of my i mean DeRo- joe de rosa mike vecchione are all guys who started in that circuit also but what's uh but at the same exact time was me and kurt metzger started and it is so funny like i went the complete pandering route like i dressed the dress and talked the talk and kurt was just kurt and like, so it was funny how like uh, I would get over sometimes a little bit easier simply off of my demeanor and look, you know what I mean? And Kurt would have these brilliant jokes and then just be up there and they're like, they're like, what the fuck did you just say, white boy? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I, uh, I, okay. Uh, is, uh, is, is, is that light? Is that light for me? We, uh, <laughs> we found old, uh, we found old uh, videotapes. I got to get these things converted somehow to like DVD or something, but or to digital, but we have these old videotapes, and it's funny, you can see me, I got the big silver chain on, uh, I think it's a cross, and I'm Jewish, which is hilarious, but it's uh, <laughs> maybe even like a sleeveless shirt, like baggy and baggy shit, and it's, uh, you know, my jokes are all going like, you know when you're talking to bitches up in a club, right? You buy that bitch a drink, and then you're going to be dancing all night with that drink, at least. That girl can walk wherever she want to walk. I'm dancing with my drink. And then... uh and then you know it would do well. Well, yeah, <laughs> it would do yeah. well. And then and then Metzger would go up the there bag, and just. Like, yeah. Well, meanwhile, Kurt's come up there with like just from the get go. He just had loaded jokes, dude. He was great. He had such a good joke writer from the get go, and he'd have these great jokes, and the crowd would just stare, or like you know like mildly giggle, or just be completely shitty to him. 
And then one of the videos we have is that every punchline, he asks if, he, essentially he's asking if any in the room is for him to get off stage. So he would be like, ah, bah, 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 ah, the punchline. And the crowd would be like, huh, huh, huh. he'd go, is that light for me? Is that up there? Is that, no? No, keep going? Okay, okay, okay. And then he'd just go back into his next <laughs> joke. And then after the next punchline, same thing. Is that is that light for me? <laughs> That's great. Would he ever get frustrated that you would be killing with that stuff and he's trying to do specific kind of jokes that are not related to the room at all? Like, would he get frustrated? It didn't seem it. The, the, almost the opposite, actually. It would be me getting frustrated knowing that I was, like, selling myself out. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I was, I was almost more aware. I was more impressed that, like... Because the thing is, whenever... When it was time to make like the transition and we started coming up to New York and getting into not that there there's no such thing as like a white club. You know, I mean I guess like maybe in depending on parts of the country you go to perhaps, but there's no such thing as like a white comedy club right. in New York or Philly particularly. There was black clubs that were solely uh, pretty much black audiences. But the other the mainstream clubs were everybody. And Kurt was so much more prepared when we went into those rooms with like good jokes. Cause then the problem is when you get to like a New York comedy club and we're going on, and when we first start out up here, like, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, we're going on stage for the dwindled down, like, you know, 2 to 10 people that are there, and they're from all over the country. And I'm like, yo, you hear that new P. Diddy song about what you call? Man, bitches ain't shit when you come and talk about that new P. Diddy song. And, and they're like, what is... You know, yeah, what, it, the, it, what they see, what they what they see talking about. What and, is this P. Diddy character that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought his name was Sean Combs originally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Kurt was just like doing great with these things. So it's like I knew how to like I had the the mark on how to do well very specifically in that room with, with pandering. <laughs> and you're like and leaning not, in. Like, not anywhere else. <laughs> where where you're expecting certain like people to chime in and stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like Tell him. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you're you're waiting for girl? that. <laughs> yeah, like where the bitches with the real hair? Put your hands up, and it's just like, you know, ten people from Minnesota. Like, we who doesn't have real hair? Yeah, that's very <laughs> strange that you wouldn't have real hair on your head. Yeah, give, uh, give a round of applause for all the ladies. Got got their own money, making their own money. Don't need no man. <laughs> well, I've been married for thirty-two years. Is there? Do you have an issue with that? That's the way God intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're from Wisconsin. We don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I just got turned on to this new artist called Aliyah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard she died. I heard oh, she died tragically. I heard it was a Southwest flight. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those rap, those rap guys are killing each other in the streets. Why are you dressed like that? I mean, Young man, why are you wearing a FUBU jersey? Is it true it stands for for us, by us? <laughs> I had, uh, I, I definitely had, uh, I, I had at least one FUBU jersey or something at one point. It was like a powder blue, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, the classic. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, that was a very yeah. popular one with the white with the white lettering, with the, and the white blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I Fubu was written in dark chain phase for sure. Yeah, Fubu was uh was and the Fubu was written in like dark blue. It was like mm -hmm. navy blue with the word Fubu with everything navy else. Navy blue. A, there's the white. Blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I only I never had a Fubu football jersey. I did have a Fubu baseball jersey, which is. Probably ten times worse. Ooh, um, a real Michael Jordan move there. 
He, he did a swap up. <laughs> yeah. That was my last dance. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely had like, uh, you know, South Pole. Uh, oh, yeah. Rock aware. I had plenty Dude, of rock aware. I had rock aware jean shorts for years, bro. I had one or two pairs that I, that I loved that I wore all the time. Yeah. It's funny when the, when even bef- when the, if necessarily the style's not going out, but like the name brands going out, but they're your favorite things. Like those flash in the pan, kind of like brand names that come and go. It's like oh, if yeah. you were wearing, if you were wearing even wonderfully fitting, Rockaware jeans right now. Everybody, like, well, where the fuck did you get a time machine today? Like, where yeah. the fuck do you find those? <laughs> I mean, I used to sport Tommy Hilfiger all the time. <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger was never made for me. Do you remember when they said uh, when Tommy all black people were in Tommy Hilfiger, and then Tommy Hilfiger was like, "This isn't for black people. <laughs> like, yeah, supposed to be for nautical thing. people." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, you got this all wrong, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love is. that's the best one. What that's the best one? Black culture like appropriates a white thing and then it's just like hilariously like if you were a Na- remember what for a while like the sponsored nascar jackets became like a big thing in the black community oh yeah <laughs> like the jacket that had like shell and you know jack links and all that kind of shit all over it and you're like what is it and you're like oh who are you a, are you a kevin harbinger fan and they're like who Huh? He's the he's the he's the driver for the yeah jacket the, the, you're the poor wearing. white guys trying to to bond with. He's like, finally, we got some black people coming over to the NASCAR side of things. Yeah. Oh, hey, black fella, I didn't realize you were a Kurt Busch fan, huh? Huh? Well, uh, I wanted to do this segment real quick. Uh, it's called fanning out. Fanning out questions from fans. And that's uh, where I reach out to people on the internets, and they uh, reach right back and uh, had some questions and some possible character suggestions for you to do real quick. Um, uh, this one, I mean, you probably get questions a lot about the fingerless gloves. I know that that um, just from knowing you that uh, Dice is a big inspiration, and uh, it's a little sure. bit of a, a head nod to him and stuff like that. Um Somebody wanted to know about your cleaning process uh, when you're wearing the gloves. Oh, Santa Cruz said, uh, she said, do you remove your gloves when you pee? If you don't, do you remove them to wash your hands or just wash the tips of your fingers? Like if you're going to take a pee when you're out. It's a fantastic question. One, truth be told, don't do a lot of public peeing. Most of my pees are at home. Now, if I have to pee uh, out and about, Generally, what I'll do is just pull the front of the pants down and just get the get the pecker kind of hanging out. Take a pee like that, so there's really no contact. Contactless pissing. Wow. Also, uh, also a funny uh, thing. It's always I never say it in conversation with him because Dice for sure was huge inspiration. And just aside from inspiration, just when I was a kid, like. The comic when it's like same thing when i found guns and roses as a kid it was like oh this is like mine this is my thing you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it wasn't music that my parents liked or whatever it was like i discovered it in, in my world and like i loved it you know what i mean like my parents were supposed to hate it and dice was like the comic where i was like oh i'm probably not supposed to be listening to this but i absolutely love it uh, ironically enough when i was on tour with the bands in 2010 with uh corn uh, the band Corn and a band called Two Cents I was out with. They um, 
it was just a day in in Las Vegas. I remember we were performing at the Palms, and I was away from comedy for like long enough, like on this tour for like three months, and away from comedians who are sort of like the thing that evens you out on decision making. They're constantly you know what I mean? in your life. Like, I'm gonna, any personal changes in your life, like appearance wise or anything. They're always like, "Hey, what's that? What's that?" On those tours, I got my nose pierced and knew I was coming home to a world of shit for that. Uh, but but I was like, I want it, so I'm going to get it. Uh, tattoos are a big decision with stuff like that. But the band uh, said to me, they were like, hey, man, you're on a rock tour. You should have more like, uh, essentially, they were saying like flair on stage. Like, why not go up there? and be? I, I get that like comedy, <clears throat> especially in the way I do it, is more of just like, a, you know, jeans and shirt. Right. Kind of thing. But they were like, why don't you do more of a thing? And gave me a fingerless glove, one, uh, to put on for the show. And I was like, yeah, fuck. I put it on. I was like, that looks kind of cool. And I was like, I'll go out there and do it. There's no one there. You're like, I'm literally you know, doubling just, down. Let's do this. Let's yeah, find the but, other but one. I, I put the one on and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I was like, but then there's no one, there's no comics there to be like, the fuck you doing, dude? So I, I wore it and I went on stage and it wasn't that it was acknowledged at all. It was unacknowledged, and I had it, it went pretty well. The show went pretty well, considering what those shows were going in front of those bands. But it was pretty good, and no one acknowledged it. And I was like, "Oh, I kind of like. I guess I pulled it off in some way." And then I just started wearing it from that. And then it is funny, like through the years, and then getting to know Dice over the last few years. He's like, "Yeah, we do the fingerless gloves thing. It's a, it's an homage." Thing. And you're like, "Yeah, all right, <laughs> sure." I mean, I guess th- technically it's like in the same line of thinking, but the the initial thing to put them on was like, in fact, I would, that's a good thing because I would feel lamer in a way if the initial thing was like, I'm going to wear fingerless gloves like dice. That seems almost like a weirder thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. It was almost more organic the way that it happened, like at the rock concert. Right. Where there's like, and a, then he's like, hey, we both do the there. gloves. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is just funny to think of somebody like at a rock concert that's like, you need more pizzazz on stage. Here's a fingerless glove. (laughs) Do with it what you will. I'm not going to judge. It's funny if Dice's reaction to it was more like, what the fuck you doing biting my shit? I would more more openly tell him that story. But he has such like a genuine like, hey, the, the kid, you know, he's inspired. You know, it's a tribute. And I'm always like, yeah man yeah, sure yeah, absolutely <laughs> that's, that's what i'm doing it for yeah um a lot of people wanted you to do your lewis impression uh because they love uh hearing you talk as lewis uh this i like this one um this is from at ash vess on instagram uh she wants to hear uh you do your impression of lewis's brain uh talking when uh i was slap boxing him so what was going through lewis's head when he and i were sparring because you 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 judged that match and uh and right outside the streets of uh of the stand in new york city which was very fun lewis lewis's lewis's brain is always going one he hates to lose and two He's always thinking Luis J. Gomez. So my impression of Luis J. Gomez's head is always going, Luis J. Gomez, Luis J. Gomez, Luis J. Gomez, block, block, Luis J. Gomez, swing for the fences, swing for the fences, doggy. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he was, uh, when you caught him with the one and all those people out there, it was, he has to, but it's a a good thing for Luis because Luis, 
like realizes as he gets older and older that he has to like have some semblance of humanity in him, which is what I love. And because for sure, like in his head while that was happening and he took that slap, he's, he gets a little embarrassed. He gets worked up and he's built this image amongst his fans. So when you cracked him across the face, I mean, really the thing is what was going through his, his, Oh, woe is me. Had to be when Rogan was like, Jeremiah's tuning him up. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Lewis wants Uh, to go. He wants to do another slap box match with me so bad. And it's actually affected our friendship because I don't want to do it again. And he's like, no, of course not. I, like, let's let's do it. And I'm like, dude, it's way funnier if I go undefeated and we never do it again. It just like they want to live with that the rest of his life. To me, that's way funnier than doing another match. The funniest thing, too, is the casual denial of it, too, where it's like, well, then you never defended your title. So then you don't even know if you're really like the toughest of the two of us. And you go, I'm OK to live with that, man. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just that you will off of it, he goes one more time for like two minutes. You're like, I just don't want to. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> That's kind of exactly how I feel. <laughs> um, oh, Ronnie Chang, our pal, asked, uh, How did you get the nickname Big J? Which you may have been asked a thousand times, but no, it's funny. It was uh, my friend, uh, when I moved from Philly to South Jersey my senior year of high school, the first kid I made friends with name was also Jay. And then he started dating a girl who lived in our neighborhood and she would just hang out with both of us. Like she was just kind of part of the group of friends and it was her breaking off. Like she, that was her like line of delineation of whose house she was at. She would say big J and little J. The saddest part about being big J of big J and little J is that little J is like six foot tall and like a hundred and. 90 some pounds <laughs> little j the best part is little j was never little he was just literal he was just smaller than big j yeah 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 he's just slightly smaller <laughs> that's awesome yeah. um let's uh get into this last segment there's so many questions but i know uh you're about to go uh record the bonfire um so let's get into this i'll be happy, uh, to, do, I'll be happy to do it with i'll be happy to do this with you again sometime man for sure i love talking to you man I miss you oh dude dude miss you man i miss our hangs and uh dude we, i've had some of my, my favorite uh late night hangs and uh and eats and 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 everything when uh yeah so many good gigs and stuff but uh yeah yeah we'll definitely do this again soon uh this is our last segment it's called sax talk when i was a a late teenager uh, i come from a white trash enough house that my my mom and stepfather had allowed my girlfriend to move in with us and uh slept in the same room and everything and we were young kids Just a couple of young kids learning about life and their sexuality together. And then together we explored all the facets of sexuality, including uh, uh, threesomes with another girl and, and just uh, romance versus dirty car sex and, and everything in between. And then one magical night, she was like, we should 
we should try anal sex. I've been seeing it in pornography and I'd like to give it a try. And uh, we did this with a moderate amount of spit and, and patience. I was able to, to squeeze in there. Um, through uh, the next five minutes or so, I worked my way in and, and slowly but surely it got comfortable for her and I was able to achieve orgasm. I retracted my penis from her unholiest of holes and then told her uh, in the most perverse way possible, try to squeeze the cum out of your butt. She then proceeded to do that and then appearing on the bed was a puddle with one little baby turd inside of it. She ran out of the room in haste downstairs to cry in embarrassment, at which point I chased her and calmed her down. My mother, who was in the room adjacent, I heard come out of the room and walk into my room and apparently saw the aftermath and screamed down the stairwell, you're cleaning that shit up. She ended up fucking one of my good friends and we broke up eventually. <laughs> that was incredible. That was so much fun hearing about poop and jizz from Big J Okerson. <laughs> Poop and Jizz. Poop and Jizz, a new podcast brought to you by Big J and <laughs> Little Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, bro, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this. I know you got to get uh, to uh, the bonfire. Send my love to uh, Mr. Dan Soder and the crew. And uh, dude, let's talk again soon, pal. Thanks so much. I will do, man. I love you, buddy. We'll talk to you real soon. Love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Big J Okerson. Uh, subscribe if you're not already doing so. Like or comment below. And also send me some emails to jeremiahwonders at gmail.com if you'd like to potentially sponsor the show or if you'd like to just send some artwork. I'd love to feature it on the show or on my Instagram. And send me some kindness challenge letters. We haven't done that segment in a little bit, and I have been missing it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. And stay positive in these weird times, and I'll be here every week to help you out.